Okay, thanks Dave, um, and thank you all for joining us this morning, and it's just really good to uh, be praying uh, for all that's going on uh, around the world, that's going on in the nation at the moment, and just to remember as well what we've sung about this morning, that, that Jesus is greater, that we can fix our eyes upon something and someone that we have a hope in, that's beyond our circumstances, and it's good that God has come and spoken to us through uh, all that we've done this morning as well and uh, I'm just so grateful for uh, his church I'm so grateful for uh, him speaking to us and I just encourage you just to, to lean in to him in these moments and to remember what has been said this morning um, and I wanted to welcome you to the first week of our new mini-series um, I just want to explain a little bit about that. We were praying at the end of last year about where God was wanting to take us at the beginning of this year and just felt God speak to us about um, pressing the reset button. That's why we've called it the reset series. As I, as I was praying, I saw this kind of button being pressed and God was saying it's time to reset. And what we're going to go through over these five weeks uh, a material that we look at in the membership course and we're really praying uh, that as we go through this material over the next five weeks that this will be a, uh, just really uniting the church together giving us a firm foundation of um, what we believe in and just uh, helping us move forward for the bigger vision and mission of the church so um, we're going to look at 15 values, uh, which we look at in the membership course or exploring membership course, and we put them into four categories. Um, and they are discipleship, which we're looking at this week, empowered by the Holy Spirit, nice. mission and community, which community is going to be split into two parts. And we'll be doing some extra midweek things, which will be very exciting. I'm sure you're looking forward to that. Um, We'll be looking at topics in connect groups as well. This week on Tuesday, we're going to have our monthly prayer meeting on Tuesday night, 8 p.m. I'd love to see you there. And we can, again can be praying together, praying for all that's going on. But we're also going to be looking at one of the topics within that first category of discipleship, a church that prays. And um, this morning as well, uh, you've got an opportunity to participate at the end of the uh, once I've spoken, you know, in a good hour and a half or so, um, we're going to be having a, a Q&A. So whilst I'm speaking, I promise it won't be an hour and a half, um, Jeeves is going to share the Menti, 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 thank you, link um, in the chat box. And uh, you can click on that and start to participate and maybe put in some questions that you have about what I'm speaking about this morning. And we, we hopefully will get to some of those questions, maybe not get to all of them at the end. Um, and also we'll ask you some questions as well. So just a great opportunity for us to, to participate and um, look at, really dig into what we're looking at. Um, and this morning, what we're looking at um, in the discipleship with the three topics that we're looking at um, are kind of all interconnected in the discipleship topic. It's, we're, and we're wanting to deepen our walk by deepening our faith in discipleship. So. This morning, we are looking at uh, the, where the Bible is honoured in church. We're looking at sanctification and looking to actively deepen our walk with Christ. So, 
Um, firstly, we're going to look at a church where the Bible is honoured. Uh, a church that values and loves the word of God, where the Bible is honoured and preached and its authority is considered final, where we seek to genuinely understand and apply its teaching. Now, it might seem obvious as a church that we would have this, but it's important to stress that we think that the Bible is infallible. It is the divine inspiration and supreme authority. The Old and New Testament scriptures are the written word of God. They are fully trustworthy for faith and conduct. God's word is perfect and timeless. It doesn't change. But the challenges we face in understanding it sometimes do, and it's vitally important that we are equipped to deal with the theological challenges of our day. Uh, Dave Holden, who leads the New Ground Churches, which is the family of churches that we're a part of, says this. He says, we are living in a culture that has turned away from the word of God. We have a great desire to see the word of God as our authority for everything we do and what we believe, but also then to learn how to communicate it to an essentially non-churched world. So that means there are some huge issues for our churches and our church to contend with today. There's individualism, there's tough economies, there's redefining marriage, increasing family breakdown, and many, many more things. And so we want everyone in our church to understand to how to apply the timeless word of God in our modern day culture. We believe that scripture is breathed out by God. 2 Timothy 3.16 says, all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction and training in righteousness. It's why we go through books of the Bible in a teaching series like Luke that we've been in for a little while now. And don't worry, we will go back to Luke. I think we're in chapter 17 and there's a few to go when we get back to it. And when we go through Luke and books of the Bible, we can read it line by line and understand it, its original meaning and apply it to our lives. What God has said and done through his word is fundamental to who we are. Scripture is our kind of plumb line to who we are as a church and as people, as believers. We live in a day when people want to play down the importance of preaching. But the reality of the preached word of God in the power of the Holy Spirit has this kind of unique skill to penetrate people's hearts. The authority of the Spirit on the preached word makes it relevant to what, whatever day is being done. The early church says, it says in Acts, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. Paul says, I taught you day and night publicly from house to house. He was always preaching. He preached so long, once the guy fell out the window. And then he went out, raised him to the dead, raised him from the dead, and then he preached until morning. We're going to be here for a while. You need to know the truth in order to be free. And in order to know what it says in the church of God, we need to adjust to what the word says. I just wanted to share from my own experience that I, I haven't been in church my whole life. I, I didn't <clears throat> grow up knowing all the famous Bible stories. 
I barely read at all, actually. I used to read the newspaper and even not all of that, just for the football stories and updates, really, that was about it. And then I was gloriously and wonderfully saved. My, my life was a complete mess and then I got saved. I met this wonderful woman who introduced me to Jesus. That's right, it was, don't worry, it was my wife, Gemma. She, she was the first Christian that I'd ever met. And she told me that she loved Jesus more than me. And by a powerful combination of Gemma and the Holy Spirit, I got saved. I gave my life to Jesus. Mm. And then after a few years of being a Christian, I sort of had this sort of surface level of knowledge. And I just thought I needed to know more. And one of the things, or what was the main thing that helped me know and love Jesus more, what helped me have a passion for God's church, a passion for mission, it was reading and understanding and going deeper into the Bible. With the work of the Holy Spirit helping me understand, it literally changed me from the inside out. It renewed my mind by reading this book. By reading this book, we can know that God became man. We, we can know by reading the Bible that he was fully God and fully man, that he lived the perfect life and then died on a cross and then rose from the dead three days later. The fact that he's God and man, and we can be very clear about the Trinity and these unchanging realities about God. People, can, people will say, well, he didn't actually rise from the dead. We say, no, he actually physically rose from the dead. And we know that from reading the word of God. And once we've nailed things like the resurrection, other things start to fall into place. It is vital for us to hold on to big issues like, like how you become a Christian, who God is. There are huge things that there are no room for any kind of debate about. And certainly there are some things that we are more open to question and tentative attitudes are appropriate. appropriate. It is, but it's for us to humble ourselves and we, we don't want to come across in an authoritarian way where things are less clear, but we need to study it. But the major issues are what we stand by in the Bible. And most Christian issues are very clear indeed. And we're not going to be tentative with them. 1, Tim 1 Timothy 4, 7 to 8 says, Have nothing to do with profane myths, old wise tales. Train yourself in godliness. For while physical training is of some value, you can tell that by just looking at me. I know godliness is valuable in every way, holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. I think this is so prevalent and relevant, sorry, for us now. Having nothing to do with profane myths and old wives' tales. There's so much of that around at the moment about the vaccine about what's happening with um, COVID, about what's happening in the US, had nothing to do with profane myths and old wives' tales. Check your facts, check where your information comes from and train yourself in godliness by studying the word of God. There's so much to get to grips with. That's why I was really keen for people to start to read 
the, um, the Bible app that I recommended at the beginning of the year, the Read Scripture. I don't know about you, if you've started it, or if you haven't, it's not too late to start. I'm really enjoying reading it. I'm really enjoying the videos that come with it, and I'm loving praying through the Psalms as well. There's a lot to get to grips with, with the Bible. 66 books, 1,189 chapters, 31,102 verses, written by at least 40 different authors, inspired by God. Old Testament, New Testament, different types of literature, literature, sorry, historical, narrative, wisdom, law, poetry, prophecy, gospels, letters, and apocalyptic. And when we come to it, it can be confusing, off-putting, difficult to understand, but we mustn't let it deter us from reading the very word of God. This has really impacted my life. In the early days, reading Galatians 5 and the fruit of the spirit of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. As I read it, I thought, that's what I need. That's what I need to be like. There's still a, a way to go. I'm still a work in progress. You can ask my wife. I'm sure she'll be happy to tell you. And there was another time when I, I struggled with my self-esteem, believe it or not. I had this kind of inferiority complex with more educated, intelligent people. And then just reading the word of God, 1 Corinthians, for since in the wisdom of God, the world, through its wisdom, did not know him. God was pleased through the foolishness of what was preached to save those who believe. And in Romans 12, I read, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing and perfect will. I, I thought I needed to be transformed. And I have been by the work of the Holy Spirit and reading this book. So pray. Ask God to speak to you before, during and after. I think I said this before. It's probably one of the few books where you can get to speak to the author as you read it. The best way I find out to read the Bible is to seek God first, pray and work my way through a particular book sometimes in the Bible. Whilst reading a book, maybe written by someone like Tim Keller or a little study book alongside it, studying the Bible draws me into worship. And we all worship, everybody. And the only choice we get is what or who we worship. And when we get into this book, we get to see the whole story of God. We get to see the grand narrative that this book isn't a rule book. It's not a guidebook for life. It's about God's great story of creation, of full redemption and restoration. Hebrews 4.12 says, the word of God is living and active, sharper than a two-edged sword. Piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Let the word of God reveal who you are and who we're not. Let it penetrate the core of our moral and spiritual life. Read this word. That is why the, the, the Bible is so important to us as a church. 
And it's, it could be easy to say, well, of course it is, and we read it, but actually it can so easily take second or third place or fourth place of importance in our individual lives. But no, as a church, it is of primary importance. So moving on, the two other things we're looking at this morning of sanctification and actively seeking to deepen your walk with Christ. So I feel like as we're reading these, there should be um, someone reading it out in the background, but a church where people embrace being disciples of Jesus, where people are actively seeking to work out their salvation, deepen their walk with Christ, and not merely be church attenders. So looking to deepen your walk with Christ is discipleship. Are you willing to be discipled? Being a Christian is more than just believing in God or even believing in Jesus' death and resurrection. It's about submitting your will to God. Are you willing to do that? Are you still living with the same worldviews or attitudes you had before you were a Christian? We still gossip, still can't forgive people, still hold a grudge, still drink to get drunk. God wants to challenge us in how we are as people. If you've never been challenged by God, you've either made God in your own image, or you're not listening, or you haven't been reading. So what does it mean to actively seek actively seeking to deepen your walk with Christ. Well, often discipleship is described as a journey. And this journey involves us moving forward. And we can do that by deepening our relationship with Christ, by growing in our understanding and our love and passion for Jesus. And I understand the Christian walk is um, often one of peaks and troughs. However, we're intended to move forward in that. No matter how old we are, I remember actually even this week um, I had a conversation with with the legend of the faith, Ian Lane, and he was contacting me about this Bible app and saying, "Oh, I can't I can't get apps on my phone, so is there a way that I can um, get it?" And there wasn't really, but I've managed to find something for him. However, I said to I said to Ian, "Well, actually, Ian, I mean, if you can't get it." I think you probably read your Bible quite a bit anyway. But he was still looking to grow. Ian, fair to say, has been around a little while. He's probably one of the godliest, most joyful, cheerful men that I've ever met. Look, there he is. What a legend. Um, but he's still looking to grow and know more. He said, oh, but I just want to, just to, I love reading the word of God and I just want to, to, to go further with that. He's still wanting to grow. See, Ian Lane. I, I think I've got a way to go to get to where Ian Lane is. And Ian Lane is still wanting to grow. Yeah. How can we deepen our walk with Christ? Well, becoming a disciple of Jesus means we are followers. When he called out the first disciples, he said, what? Follow me. Follow me. And when we decide to follow Jesus, he is asking us to die to self, our own way of living, and we're living under a new authority. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 
says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. There may be things that we're holding on to, things that may be holding us back. Relationships, opinions, worldviews. You may have been a Christian for a very, very long time and feel like you haven't made a lot of progress. Or maybe there's things that need to change or things where you just won't let anyone go to or let even God go to. Stuff that's, I've talked about under the stairs that you just chuck away there and won't let anyone see but we deepen our walk by studying the words being silent before him let god speak to us and others speak into your life i found that so helpful over the years letting those who are further on in the journey than i am speak into my life those that are in authority over me speaking to my life Maybe you need others to pray into your life or stuff that you've been through. Last week we had a, a prayer room and there'll be an opportunity after we've done some of the questions and stuff after that to, to go into a prayer room and I'll be there and, and maybe one or two others where we can pray for you today. But sacrifice and discipline is required. Matthew 16, 25 says, but whoever would save his life will lose it but whoever loses his, his life for my sake will find it are you willing to lose your life are you clinging on to stuff that you know you shouldn't just let god speak to you through that today and if like i said if you want to be prayed for later on hang on don't log off as soon as we go into um the chat and the breakout rooms and stuff why don't you stick around and we would love to pray for you and lastly on the last topic we're going to look at today is sanctification a place where we're open to and actively encourage godly change the process of sanctification in our lives what does sanctification mean well the Baker's Evangelical Dictionary of Biblical Theology <coughs> says this, the generic meaning of sanctification is the state of proper function. To sanctify someone or something is to set that person or thing apart for the use, okay. the use intended by its design. It's much easier to read on there. A pen is sanctified when used to write. Eyeglasses are sanctified when used to improve sight. You can tell it's American eyeglasses. In the theological sense, things are sanctified when they are used for the purpose God intends. A human being is sanctified, therefore, when he or she lives according to God's design or and purpose. So, to, just to help me explain sanctification, it is helpful to look at a few other words of justification, sanctification, and glorification. So I've got a, a little slide here just to help us with that. So justification, when we are justified, we are completely forgiven for all sin, clothed positionally before God with the righteousness of Jesus Christ. And that happens when we hear the gospel and we respond. It's a one-time event. 
It's an either yes or no. In other words, you can't be 30% or 50% or 90% justified. It's an all or nothing. God forgives us completely. It's a fact and our past is dealt with. And sanctification is happening in the present, in our Christian life. So justification is that free gift given to all believers in Christ. We don't work for it. It's, um, our part is only to have faith. We do not have the ability to justify or save ourselves. And in that same moment, we're justified. We're also adopted into God's family. We become children of God. That's our position. Justification, if real, will always lead to sanctification. And whilst we don't work at all for our own justification, amazingly, God calls us to work with him in leading others to justification. We do this by sharing the good news about Jesus through prayer and the example of our lives. Only God can justify people. He uses us in the process of sharing the gospel. And when people hear the gospel and believe they're justified by God, and when a person's justified, then the work of sanctification begins in that born-again life. It's the fruit of the Spirit that springs from the root of justification. Just some verses about justification. Romans 3.28 says, for we hold that one is justified by faith apart from the works of the law. Or Romans 5.1 says, therefore we have been justified by faith and we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So when we're justified, we're in Christ. And then in sanctification, we are being conformed into the image of Christ. Another great slide for you. <clears throat> sanctification is this lifelong progressive growth by, by a Christian through obedience to God and through the power of the Holy Spirit. It's the process of becoming more like Jesus. So we start here. We're dead in our sin. And then in that moment, we are justified through faith, by Jesus. And his righteousness is our righteousness. And in this Christian life, we're going through this process of sanctification through the work of the Holy Spirit in us. And then at that point of death, um, we are glorified. Mm. Our sanctification uh, is growth into righteousness while putting sin to death. You're growing your sanctification process, but you won't be perfect in this life. Our sanctification is often messy. We have times when we take steps forward and yet days when we fall and, and go back a bit. But over time, by God's grace, we make progress. And by God's grace, today I'm more like Christ than I was when I started my journey um, several years ago. It's only possible by God by God's grace, his power working in us, a spirit-enabled effort can make sanctification go forward more quickly or a lack of effort can cause us to be stuck. Progress in sanctification is evident that justification has occurred and it gives us confidence in our salvation. But in sanctification as well, we still constantly need grace. And God gives us the grace that we need in Christ. A huge amount of the Bible is about 
sanctification, all the verses teaching and urging us not to sin are related to sanctification, which includes us and commands us to love others as God has loved us. I know God has changed my heart and how I love now people and others that I hadn't before. <clears throat> this new birth is a radical change of a person. Therefore, if any man is in Christ, he is a new creature. The old things have passed away. Behold, the new has come. And if a person has no evidence of this sanctification, then we, we have the right or the duty to question whether there has been any justification. So, can I just encourage you to be seeking God in that? And saying, Lord, will you help me become more like you? Come and seek him and say, Holy Spirit, come and fill me afresh to help me be more like you. We are supposed to be little Christs. And in this dark world right now, the, the world needs the shining light of Jesus Christ. Lots of little Christs all around. We're supposed to bring that light. We're supposed to change atmospheres where we go. Because we are more like Christ, because we're growing in our sanctification. To be more like him. I hope you found that helpful, what we've looked at so far this morning. And on Tuesday, as I said, we're going to be looking at the fourth part of the discipleship uh, module uh, of a church that prays. And we're going to be praying again for those things that we prayed for this morning. Um, we're going to be praying for other stuff as well. And um, also, uh, on Thursday evening, <clears throat> as I said before, we, we're going to uh, dive a little deeper into the topics that we've looked at. So Thursday at 8 o'clock, um, we're going to be meeting together on Zoom. I really encourage you to come along. Um, I know none of you are going out, so you might as well join us. Um, where we can just dive in and look at some of these topics. You can ask questions. There'll be some videos we'll be watching as well. So it won't just be uh, me talking or others. There'll be lots of different things we can look at just to help us understand some of these things. Yeah. Um, and don't forget, there's going to be a prayer room as well at the end of our, our Q&A for the ministry. But I'm just going to pray now uh, that uh, God will come and meet with us again this week and help us in our time afterwards <clears throat> father i just want to thank you that for your word first of all thank you for the word of god that you have scripture is breathed out by god and lord thank you that it is so good for us to come and study your word it helps us lord understand it helps us um uh draw near to you as we read it lord jesus Thank you for the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of our hearts. Lord, help your word um, just become so real to us. Help us understand it, Lord. Help us, help those of us who are struggling with it, Lord. Help us if it's become dry to us. Lord, help it become alive again to us, I pray. And Lord, thank you that we who are in Christ are justified in a moment. We're made right in Christ and that we are being sanctified. 
we're being made more like you, our King, Lord Jesus. And Lord, one day we will be glorified. We'll be with you forever. We'll worship you, Lord. There'll be a new heaven and a new earth. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, come. I just pray be with everyone this week, with all, all that we have to go through, whatever uh, people will have to go through this week, Lord, I pray, come and rest upon them. Give them peace. Mm. In Jesus' name. Amen. Mm.